afternoon you are tuned to xl radio with baby zan here for our 12th episode today with the pleasure of interviewing local artist and performer komang rosie kleins if this is your first time tuning in first of all welcome xl radio is a weekly podcast celebrating diversity and cultural heritage in music practice every week we talk to artists from around the world about their lived experience we started off today's show with a demo from Komang coming out very soon. The track was called Srikandi. And on August 1st, you'll be able to hear more of things like this with the release of her new single, Dewi. And as always, the artists interviewed curate the playlist for today. And so we have the pleasure of hearing some delicious tunes that Komang has selected. So many of these hits really resonate with me, and I'm thrilled to be able to start the show with a little touch of Sade.
doing this interview from my bed so I'm feeling pretty cozy. Nice. I'm Rosie, Rosie Clients, and I play all my music stuff under Komang, which is my um, Balinese name. Um, so where did music start for you? How long have you been playing your instruments for? Um, I started music stuff with piano maybe when I was about six or seven. Um, so I've been playing that for a long time, but I only started singing or well, I've always sung for my own like enjoyment, but I didn't start making, uh, like 
vocal based stuff, I guess, until um, my early 20s. So maybe a few years ago. I was born in Brunei, uh, which is like a really small country in on the tip of um, northern Borneo, surrounded by Malaysia. And my heritage is um, my dad's Irish Australian and my mum is Balinese. And how long did you spend there before coming to Australia? I lived in Brunei until I was 16 and then I moved here to Melbourne. In terms of music and cultural heritage, would you say that there were many influences from going up there that you've taken into your music practice today? Yeah, I would say so, definitely. I think uh, Bruneian music, I guess in Brunei we heard a lot of like Malaysian pop and Indonesian pop, but it was more um, stuff that had a lasting impact was more from like coming back to Bali every year to visit my mum's side of the family. Um, I think I've always been really like inspired by um, my mum and her sister's Makidong, which is like, um, I guess like ceremonial singing, like in temples. Um, And that uses like the slendro kind of scale, which is like kind of similar to like gamelan scales. So I think it kind of grew from there. Yeah. Is the slenderest scale something that you have incorporated into your vocal techniques over the years? No, it, it isn't really. But um, I, I first learned about slendro and palog when I was living in Indonesia a couple of years ago and I decided um, I wanted to learn a bit more um, of like the traditional singing style that my mum, that I heard my mum sing when I was growing up. Um, but I was living in Java and they didn't have traditional like Balinese Makidung. So I learned Javanese style Machapat instead, which is quite similar. It sounds kind of similar. Like they use similar like scales and stuff. So that's when I learned how to use that. In terms of music that your parents listened to, were they, cause I'm seeing like you would have your dad's influence and your mum's influence. Were they often quite different musical influences? Yeah, totally. I think my mum really loved, um, she was more of like a Shaka Khan, like Sade kind of. Incredible. (laughs) Is this where the Sade is coming from on your list? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So she was always cranking like Sade and Craig David. Amazing. Yeah. And I kind of just like accepted it for what it was. I was like, yeah, whatever, like mum's music. And only now I'm like, whoa.
So when you were starting to learn piano, was this like a classically based training you were getting? Yeah, I was learning, um, yeah, classical training. Um, I can hear piano right now. I don't know where that's coming from. Um, can you hear that? Yeah, I can. It's quite soothing. <laughs> oh, but if you don't mind, then. No, it's so fine. Cool. Um, yeah, it was classical based training. And then I learned about like, the impressionists like Debussy and stuff and I really loved that and then I found out that Debussy was influenced by Gamelan so I kind of came full circle when I was in my teens I was like oh cool well <laughs> yeah <laughs> so your music now is more I'd say electronic and R&B focused how did you get from I guess the musical seedlings from like your childhood to where you are now I think um I was trying to, it's funny, when you asked me to compile some different tracks to send to you, I was, like, trying to go through it all in my head, like, how it all started. And I think there were a few different, like, pivotal moments. Like, I think my mum's love for Sade and, like, 80s sort of, like, smooth kind of jazz pop really influenced me a lot more than I realised. And my dad actually bought me a jazz piano book when I was, like, in my early teens and that was how I sort of started listening to um, like Nina Simone and Billie Holiday and like all the jazz, like classic female singers. Um, and I loved that um, as like a teen. I thought it was so beautiful. So I think from there I started listening to like, yeah, like jazz and blues to start off with but, and then kind of moving up into like neo-soul and then so on and so forth. Mm. And in your last album, Mythologies, you had incorporated some, was it Balinese vocal techniques? 
Um, no, I incorporated some Javanese machapa. I still haven't learnt Balinese singing yet. My mum keeps being like, you have to learn Makidung next, like the Balinese. <laughs> I'm like, I know, but I'm scared. Like, it's really daunting. Are you able to talk about your experience in learning the Javanese technique? Yeah, of course. Um, so the first time I learned Machapat or Ninden, um, it was in the Royal Palace in Jogjakarta, which is where I was based for almost a year. Um, I kind of came in like any other traveller or tourist and, and they were playing gamelan in the court because they do that like on like weekly just so that tourists can hear what the traditional gamelan from that region sounds like um and I heard wait so that's specifically for tourists yeah oh well it's for whoever comes into the katon and like the palace and wants to hear it it's just Mm. open to the public Mm. um but it's a lot of tourists are like whoa what's this um Mm. and that was the first time I heard central Javanese gamelan and I was like smitten like it's so beautiful it's so much slower than Balinese gamelan which is what I kind of grew up hearing Mm. Balinese gamelan is like gabba and like (laughs) Balinese gamelan is like trip hop (laughs) it's very um, that was when I heard a sinden which is like a traditional Javanese singer and I was like whoa I would love to like have some insight into how people train that way and I was training at a um at a multidisciplinary, I guess, a theatre company called um, Theatre Garasi um, while I was living there. And I asked them, like, do you know any Sinden who I could kind of, like, listen in on and, like, learn a little bit of this technique from? And they were like, oh, yeah, sure, we've got a friend who's a Sinden. And she came in and she taught me, like, over a course of a few weeks some of the basics. Mm. And in that, were you also getting taught about, like, the context of the, yeah, I guess the cultural context of the music, or was it strictly a vocal technique kind of knowledge getting imparted? No, it's very, like, rooted in local knowledge and culture. Um, because the the songs she taught me, they're like a kind of library of a few, I suppose you would call them folk songs, um, which... I learned later on that like some of my Javanese friends, they were like, oh, I learned this in school. Like, how do you know this? I was like, I don't know. I just got taught it. But they, these songs kind of impart like um, very like Javanese values and wisdom through the lyrics. Um, And it's all sung in Javanese as well. So you can't really sing these songs without kind of knowing what they're about. Mm. Yeah. And did you know Javanese prior to doing this? Oh, gosh, no. I still don't really speak Javanese, but um, I speak Indonesian and um, my teacher, Mbatsilir, she kind of taught me what she was like, all right, so kind of like translated it into Indonesian for me. Like, this song means this, and she'd get me to write all the meanings out so that I could remember what they mean. We're going to take a little pause now and dive into a track that Komang has selected called Inika Chinta. This one is by Sheila Majid, a Malaysian female pop singer, kind of touted as 
the Malaysian queen of jazz, but this is one of her more pop-focused songs. found I guess bringing this type of music to a yeah the Melbourne music community how has your reception and experience been with that um it's been really cool actually like I think 
one of the things that Batsulia taught me was um, she was like, what kind of music, what, what kind of singing do you like to do like outside of this? And I was like, I really love um, working with like jazz vocals and stuff. And she was like, okay, I'm going to teach you how to move from these traditional scales into like jazz improv vocals just so you can slide in and out. And she really like um, encouraged me to, to kind of fuse the two and like experiment and like play um, provided that I guess I like, you know, like cite my influences and like um, kind of like pay homage to them. But um, I think like presenting them to a Melbourne audience at the launch I had in late February was really cool because the people who were Indonesian and especially Javanese who were present in the audience were like, whoa, like blast from not the past, but like blast from home sort of thing. Like I don't, I didn't know that I could um, hear that in like a contemporary gig setting. Um, and I think the people who like most of the people who I've spoken to who aren't Indonesian or Javanese or don't have that context were just like, what was that? <laughs> so it feels cool to like be, kind of um, paying homage to a, a new element that not many people have heard in Melbourne before. Are you able to, I'd love to play some tracks from the Mythologies album, are you able to talk a little bit about the context of that EP? Yeah, of course. Um, so the Mythologies EP kind of, um, I guess I started producing while I was living in Indonesia. And when I came back to Melbourne, um, I had all of these ideas, like a back catalogue of ideas for like all the different things I wanted to experiment with. Um, I was listening to a lot of Dangdut while I was in Indonesia and I really, which is like a kind of like folk pop and hearing gamelan and hearing you know, snippets of all these different like traditional styles and like contemporary styles as well. I just wanted to like have a big play and like mix it all and mush it all together and see what would happen. So mythologies kind of was like, it kind of stemmed from that idea of like wanting to play with different elements. Um, and then in, I guess it kind of evolved into like an EP which explores the idea of what a mythology means to you. Like if it means something old or if it means something that you've created anew for yourself um, and like what narratives you hold on to or that you need to like release in order to keep moving forward. So a lot of it is about like, you know, relating to your heritage and your family. Um, but in like figuring out what ways are um, serving you and what aren't, I guess. Do you think music practice has been a, I guess, a solid way for you to stay connected to your cultural heritage? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think there's like an enthusiasm which comes with music. It's like a, it's almost like a shortcut. Um, to connecting with people where maybe if you don't have 
the language to do that or like you have distance between you or something. If you both love similar music, you can like instantly connect like, and it's also really a really inclusive way of like connecting to a culture. Like when I, when I play Dangdut in Melbourne, like in my room, I instantly feel connected back home and like I'll share it and other friends who are Indonesian who love Dangdut as well will be like, yeah, cool. Like, and <laughs> it's just like a really, it's like a, um, a shortcut. Yeah. If that makes sense. But I think I've loved it because, um, because I'm, I speak Indonesian, but I'm not fluent in it. I feel like translating my want to connect to Balinese or Indonesian culture into music has been like, I don't know. It's almost like when people hear, that I'm learning Ninden or they're like, oh, you put that gamelan sample in there or like I hear some dangdu in there. They kind of get it a bit more. They're like, oh, okay, you're trying to connect. I don't know if that makes sense, like different language or something. Like I can't speak Indonesian. I'm not fluent. So let me speak in music instead. And, and I think people appreciate that. This track we are currently listening to is by Uma Hartono and it is a piece of gamelan music from Central Java. The track is called Anglimadang.
So I understand that you came from a background in theatre. Are, are you able to talk about your movement from, I guess, theatre to music production? Yeah. Um, I studied at BCA doing theatre practice um, and was making theatre, um, I guess, like creating new devised performances um, for a while after I graduated. But I'd always incorporated music somehow into my theatre work and like created, um, like collaborated, collaborated with people who had space for music in their projects. So, mm. yeah. So for example, like when I first graduated, the first piece I did out of um, drama school was a like psychedelic kind of neo soul based cabaret I guess amazing Um, (laughs) which was like (laughs) I guess like theater kids trying to not make a cabaret and then ending up making a cabaret (laughs) it's inevitable inevitable. (laughs) and then I um I did a piece after that that had opera in it and just kind of dabbled with different elements of music and then finally I kind of was just like I really want to learn how to produce music and I'm doing it in this really roundabout way. So why don't I just give myself permission to do it and um, started producing just before I left to Indonesia. And then when I was in Indonesia, I was producing a lot in my downtime. I went there for an artist residency to work on a play in Jakarta that was just producing a lot of music in my downtime. And then eventually it was just kind of like the producing just took over um, and then I like got to know the hip hop community in Jakarta and like became friends with a few different artists from there and went to gigs and it kind of just took over. So by the time the play was finished, I was like, I'm just, I'm going to stay in Jakarta, but I'm just going to like jam with people and, and hear what people are making and focus on that a lot more. Oh, I'd love to know about the hip hop scene in Jakarta. <laughs> Yeah, it's there's so much good stuff happening in Jakarta at the moment. It's um I guess cuz it's like such a metropolis, it's like a really heavily urbanized environment and there's like such a disparity of like wealth. There's just so much happening in that city like that the density of the population is huge. There's it's like people are like on top of each other, but like there's so much creativity that comes out of that cuz there's just like stimulus everywhere. Um, and there's, yeah, there's just like a lot of amazing musicians. Like there's an, quite an underground scene with hip hop there. Um, and there's also like some really, I don't know, like really commercial sounds coming out of there. I think like, I feel like Jakarta because it's quite cosmopolitan. There's a lot of like Indonesian language hip hop, but there's also a lot of like, people rapping in English, which I thought was like wild when I first um, like became involved. I was like, whoa, everyone is writing these like crazy bars in English. And like, it's not, that's not like a dominant language in Indonesia. So it's like, I guess it's like the influence of like American hip hop. Mm. Would you say that that hip hop influenced your music at all? Or was just something you jammed with while you were there? Um, I think it definitely has. I mean, I became friends with um, one MC called 
Harvey. He um, performs under Lays, which is, I think I've included one of his tracks, um, and then his collective Onar. And I learned a lot from him. He actually taught a um, hip-hop artistry class at one of the record labels in Jakarta. So I attended that and learnt. I kind of just wanted to learn about, like, different genres of music and how people produce specific genres, just, like, soak all of that up. I think him teaching me about hip-hop production and how, like, samples are used, I think that, yeah, informed a lot of my own production. This is his track, Meng Erti. Berhenti 
berlari Ku harap kau mengerti Mengapa ku tak ada di sisi How have you found working as a female artist in an electronic music production industry, which I know is a very male-dominated field? I'm still so new to it. I'm still, like, learning the ins and outs, and I have nothing to really compare it to. Um, so I couldn't really tell you. Um, but one thing I have noticed is, the like, the amount of backing I have to do behind my own work. Like, I constantly have to be like, oh, no, no, I, I produced that. And people are like, oh... Um, that friend of yours, is he your producer? I'm like, no, I, I produce my own stuff. Like I constantly have to say that to people. Um, and I catch myself making that assumption as well. Like I was listening to a music podcast the other day and, um, they were talking about a duo who made this and this track that they put on, it was female vocals. And I was like, okay, so the, the guy did the production and the, uh, did the singing. And then I was like, whoa, check yourself. Like you're, doing exactly what other people do to you so it's like I think we're all kind of conditioned in that way to assume yeah yeah deeply ingrained (laughs) yeah yeah totally I feel like I don't often talk about systematic conditioning in society to the backing of house music but it really works for this one thank you so much to Komang for that incredible chat If you go into the show notes, you'll be able to find links to where you can find her music and her Instagram. So hopefully when things start happening up again in Melbourne, you can go see her live. We're going to take some time now to listen to some more tracks that she has selected for today. This one is Barakatak, Music Nya Asik. This band was formed in the 90s as a huge pioneer of the funkot genre which is a combination of house music and dangduk music, which we were talking about earlier.
ya memang enak Dibilang asik, ya memang asik Yang enak-enak, ya pasti asik Yang asik-asik, ya pasti enak Memang asik, memang enak Goyangnya asik, kalau ada musik Memang asik, memang enak Goyangnya asik, kalau ada musik
that was a track by Indonesian musician Fami Shahab. The track was called Kopi Dangut. And for the last few of Komang's tracks, we're going to dive forward to some more contemporary pieces by local Melbourne artists, a big love and favourite, I think I can say of both of ours, Suzanne. The track Komang selected is Natural Progressions. And then we'll wrap up the show with one last track by Remy called Brain. Again, huge thank you to Komang for her conversation today and her selection of music. And thank you for all the listeners for tuning in and we will be back next week.
pocket It's 40 degrees Celsius inside my residence Next to me, you're asleep cause you've been on your feet since seven My body holding heat, I can't breathe like heat on sweating Twisted up in the sheets at AC, that I got defective I know I sugar roll up the indica from my chemist Smoke, cat head to the couch and pass out like wristbands to get in But the iron in our bloodstream seems to be so magnetic I'm stuck rubbing on your booty, I'm stuck fucking with my ethics Cause I only known you for about a month is hectic From the day you walked through my door, you became my tenant When I look in your eyes, I'm sure some of your ancestors were Scratching my neck like her, cause you know I can't get enough And no matter how it all pans out, I won't forget this Shit, you made me Lebanese chickpeas to eat for breakfast Running late for your J-O-B, cause I keep on pressing my lips Up against your neck and your hips, up until I can't get it up You I'm phased when I can't perfect it I feel mutually respected Grateful and it's reflected Real when it's hard to keep it Strong when you're intellectual You listen You wanna know I'm hard to understand You let me be me But no one to hold my hand Wanna keep it honest Yeah, it's for all But it's alright Cause I know you got nothing to Until they hit that prince purple love Kiss you then slip in your lips And lick circles love Drip in the sweat and the bliss Of eternal love I don't deserve You were holding me down back when Sue Was sideways allowed bringing food Around in the house like it's ooh But each two are cooking up feast Between the thousands of hours you've been Putting in in our community For the youth, for the future You feed my soul Every time I've been ill You want me to be better Gotta show you how So I get so extra And you got to tell me to chill Every time your legs up Cause I eat you to the center So your body's shaking tenser And no matter how it all pans out You'll be remembered Even though I'll be by your side Till we both need dentures Cause whether we're deep in our love Or we're deep in friendship I know that this connection is one Beyond comprehension You live in 